on it. We're All right. Doing it. <laughs> My name's Demi. And I'm Melissa. And welcome to the Beauty Beast Podcast. Burr, burr, burr. Yes. <laughs> this is our follow-up to our live episode. Yes. Um, so, well, to give you a little update of what it looks like today in our world, <laughs> we're sitting in my dining room and it's been like gloomy and rainy in Florida for two days. And we're both wearing sweatpants right (laughs) it's like really embarrassing like we both were like uh this rain like we have been like we live in Seattle like we're like (laughs) it's just so hard to get motivated (laughs) uh it is I was gonna go to the salon and do my nails after this and I'm like I literally said to Julian because we used to make the hats out of we had like a workspace in our garage and I was like, it's days like today. I wish we still had that at-home workspace. He's like, I know, right? Seriously. And I spent all day yesterday literally in our house. We went to like Publix in the morning, got a few things to do nothing. Like, so we set ourselves up well and read all day long. So there's really no excuse by today. Yeah, I think by the time I went to like Trader Joe's and then to Publix, I walked out of Publix and it was like a monsoon. And I'm like... I don't think I'm going to do anything today. We like ended up binging Next Level Chef on the couch. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> oh yeah, it was much needed. If they weren't holding out the episodes for Love is Blind, we could finish that. That's exactly what we said. It's really rude. Rude. I know. I feel the same way. Yeah. Well, I guess we should actually talk some business, (laughs) Um, but today we were kind of going over different topics of what we wanted to focus on, and we decided we wanted to jump into kind of a little bit of two topics. So we want to chat about policies. Yes. And we also want to chat about how to time out your clients properly in between services and making sure that they're coming back on time in between those services. Yes, because they kind of do tie together. I think so for sure, because policies really are set in place to protect your time, to protect your client's time, your schedule and everything like that. And that second part runs right into that, which is your schedule. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So So where should we start? I guess, well, let's start with like the booking clients thing, because I think that's like super important. Like that was, we had posted a few months ago about like topics that everyone wanted to see. And that was one of them. How long should your clients go between appointments and how to get them to like stick to it? Yes. So I with I know and I know hair and nails is very different with that. I see my clients most of them probably average three weeks. Mm-hmm. I have some two-weekers. I have some four-weekers or five-weekers. Um, the four and five-weekers, I only have like two or three. I'm impressed with the five-weekers. That's like, I mean, it's possible with the yeah. way you do nails because I know my nails stay on <laughs> for five weeks, but I would be like, they Whoa. would be talons. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it works for them. You know, whatever works for your client. Yeah. So usually when I see a client, like a new client that I haven't seen before, I recommend every two weeks, especially if they have like really short nails, because as they grow out, you know, you're going to get more of a natural C curve, things of that nature. And I want to make sure that the product is performing the way that it should. So Mm -hmm. I recommend two weeks. And then at least for like two appointments after the initial visit. And then typically what I tell them is we can start to transition to three weeks if that works for you. 
And then what I'll do is we will, I will go in like right there in the chair and I will book those at least two to three follow-up appointments. Yeah. And that way, especially if they have like a particular time schedule or like if they could only do evenings or weekends or it has to only be Wednesdays at between like noon and three or something like that. So I want to make sure that they're getting in like where they can and where my schedule accommodates. So, I mean, I know pre-booking is like a, always a controversial thing. I know. (laughs) I mean, I think we've talked about it many times before. Both you and I are firm believers in pre-booking. Yes. So, I mean, that to me, that is the best way to ensure that your clients are sticking to that follow-up and coming back. Absolutely. Um, I think that it's very important. I mean, we touch on this like personally a lot. And I, when Melissa and I are talking just about like how our business minds kind of meet and mesh and despite being very different in certain personality types wise, (laughs) like as you can tell, Melissa is for sure the organized one. (laughs) I think when it comes to that, we are so on the same page. We both very much support pre-booking. Um, I think it's extremely important, not just for your schedules purpose, but I think it's very important for your client. Um, I think a lot of times until a client is with somebody who values pre-booking, they don't value pre-booking. And I don't think they realize how great it is until they have somebody who helps like alleviate that stress and keeps them on a schedule like yeah. that. Um, and that's no matter what service it is. So for me, for hair, it's a little bit different because you're talking about all different timings. Right. Um, so I have some four-weekers. I have some two-weekers, actually. I have a, a root client who comes every two weeks to me, and we do half-head retouches in mm-hmm. between full heads. Um, I have three-weekers. I have 12-weekers. I have 24-weekers. So it's really dependent on client per client. So when it's something for me with a base color, and they have, you know, a standard maybe like 50% gray blend or something like that mm-hmm. between their natural. I, or even up to 75%, I'll normally recommend the window of six to eight weeks, depending on what their hair looks like. Uh, I always say, let's go for, you know, that seven week sweet spot if they're unsure. Um, if I see somebody with far more, you know, prevalent gray, then I'm going to go more on the sick side. Um, I tend to never push one of my clients with like gray retouch to go lower than six until they tell me to do so. Mm -hmm. The reason I do that is I also want to be realistic about everybody's, you know, A, economic ability to be coming into me and B, preference. Now, if you tell me that you'd rather see me every four weeks, let's push it together. If they ask me my opinion and they say, I hate being gray, let's come in closer together. I have no problem with that. Um, so it's really in the beginning, setting it to what like our standard is and then figuring out your hair from there. Um, I do personally have to say that any of the clients that I have wanted to retain <laughs> values that pre-booking. Yeah, for um, sure. In a way, and I'm sure you can agree too, when it comes to new clients and encouraging that pre-booking, the people who don't really value the way that your book runs will fall off very quickly. Like they'll miss that first pre-booked oh, appointment. Oh, 100%. And it's not like, to be clear, it's not like a test they're failing. But if 
by like round one and two of coming back, they're already missing those pre-booked appointments and not able to kind of juggle that, then that's probably a pretty good sign if you run your book like Melissa or I that they probably aren't going to work that well for your schedule. Right. So I also think that's another point that's valued in pre-booking is it kind of helps you select that clientele that you prefer to have in your book if that's something you value. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've talked about it before, and maybe we could just dedicate a whole episode to it eventually, like pre-booking. You know, I don't think... I I see a lot of conversations on social media happening to where, oh, I can't plan like my personal time or vacations or things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I tend to disagree with that. As do I. However, you know, it takes all different kinds of people in this industry and there's no one right or wrong way I feel like to answer or to handle that. It's just really what you prefer. So even if you're booking one month at a time, you can still, I think, like apply what we're saying to that. I agree. Like, I think the way that you do the quarterly booking is perfect. Like, honestly, I think that structure offers a really great amount of flexibility for your clients still. It gives them the ability to like better select the times that work for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's a great way to do it, especially if you have a lot of people on the same consistent turnaround timing. Right. One of the things that I even would say, hindsight being 2020 of like when I went out on my own and was booking myself too. Um, but the hard part is, is like I said, I have a variety of what that turnaround time for my clients right. is, you know, de- like when they're coming back to me and it's all dependent on what services they get done. Um, I do almost wish in a way that I implemented or allowed like standing appointments. Mm-hmm. I didn't not allow them, but just I offered what was available and booked like such. Um, I think for like sometimes some of your like every four weekers or six weekers or root retouches and things like that, having like standing appointments is a great way to even organize past that original pre-booking point and like really keep your book structured. For sure. I I love standing appointments. I probably have like a really good balance of, well, I mean, probably I'd say like 30% of my clientele are on standing appointments, maybe a little bit more, but definitely like my Saturdays, those are all standing appointments. Mm -hmm. Like I can set my watch by those people. Right. Um, You know, and same thing, a lot of people don't like standing appointments, but what I do at the beginning of the year is I kind of look at my calendar and it's like, okay, are there any major holidays that fall Mm -hmm. during my work week? And then if there are, I go through and block them off. Um, And then it's like, okay, well, those vacations that I know that I'm going to take, for example, the weekend of Thanksgiving and that last week of the year, those are kind of like my standing vacations. And I go in and I block those off as well. And then I see who I need to move. And I literally will move those people the beginning of the year, just off of those weekends and blocks. That way I know when I do get to that point... Like, I know what I'm already working with. And then it's nice, too, because, like, with the standing appointments or people who... Because who, when I say, like, I wish I would have done standing appointments, I guess I do, in a way, because I see everybody regularly mm-hmm. every five weeks. They exist in my book. Like, they're booked right. already. But what I mean by standing is maybe allowing for... Um, like 
I don't know, my client Maria, 8 a.m. every Saturday. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what, she has that 8 a.m. spot. Sometimes, like, Maria will be 8.30. Hi, Maria, if you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, or, like, 9 a.m. And, like, I think if we implemented that in the beginning, um, I'm sorry, we both kind of got distracted because we were, we were watching... A, Two of the Montoya siblings battle it out over by Morty's water bowl. <laughs> so, uh, but I, what I mean is when I was first entering in those people into my book, like when I started controlling my own schedule, mm-hmm. I wish I kind of like locked it in every five weeks type yeah. of thing. Um, but I think the other great thing too about for the people that want to carry through the year, like even though you book quarterly, your standings clearly function right. a little differently. Or, yeah, standings um, are different. It's great too because then when they have a vacation, they just reach out and then move around what they need to move around yep. with you. And it's not that complicated. Well, and it's my clients who are on standings also know that because I book quarterly, like I do send out like quarterly reminders as well for scheduling for Mm -hmm. everyone to book out. Um, So when my standing appointments get that email, it's like, oh yeah, are we going on any vacations? Let me let her know because I always do give my standings first dibs to move because Mm -hmm. their appointments are pretty much set in stone. Um, And they get first dibs. Not to say that like I'm giving them preferential treatment or whatever, but they've also like solidified that real estate in my book. And not to mention too, like if they need to move one of those appointments, you now know you can offer mm -hmm. that spot to somebody else for that one time or something like that. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I personally think that it's great. I know like there are other professionals out there who don't like standing appointments for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's, to each their own and we're just sharing what works with like what works works for for us us. yeah you know like I'm just about at the point and I've probably been like here for the last few weeks with like my 12 weekers now they're coming in and like their next pre-books appointments probably already exist in August so their next one after that is going to be booking into the you know holiday season Mm -hmm. so most of my clients that are starting to book into September like just take me through the year so like even now like they'll just be like just pre-book me straight through the year and they know I don't have like my end of year plans yet Mm -hmm. so things may change like I had to tell a client that that you know she sometimes has a really hard schedule and so she tries to visit when she's down like visiting her family she'll try to get in with me so Mm -hmm. she reached out at the beginning of this year and was like can I book the week of Thanksgiving like the Wednesday before and I had to be very honest with her because nine times out of ten we don't do anything that week but now my in-laws live in Columbia we're gonna have you know a new college student this year so I don't really know what my holiday plans just yet look like other than taking off that week between Christmas and New Year's Mm -hmm. and blocking out the weekend after like yeah after thanksgiving so i was like we can definitely book it you'll be the first one on my books but just in case i will have to let you know i don't have my plan set for that timing yet but as soon if something were to come up that like we decide i don't know at to head out of town for the week of thanksgiving 
clearly I'm going to accommodate you for another time. I just have to give you that heads up. So I also feel like if there's that understanding with your client, you don't have to be scared to pre-book them far in advance. If they understand that booking that far in advance may mean something could come up on either end. Exactly. And, you know, same thing. That's why I book quarterly for me. Right. You know, that way, because we have our vacation plans through the end of June. Right. So all of my clients are booked through that vacation currently. And we, I mean, that's probably all that we really have planned because there's some other like home projects we want to do. So yeah, so you're not, we're probably not going to go on any other trips or vacations or anything like that until, you know, the fall. Because I'm going to go to Mickey's Not-So-Scare Halloween Party at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But, like, that's all I know as of right now. So, like, starting probably next month, I'll take people through the, you know, to the beginning of school year and yeah. stuff like that. But, again, that's what works for me. That's what works for you. Somebody else may be different. Yeah. I mean, it's it goes back to the same thing of to each their own for sure. Um, I will only say from our perspective that I think it alleviates your phone going off a lot more than needed mm-hmm. to. Um, so when we say this, we mean you're not getting a whole bunch of messages when you're done with your work week about people needing to schedule 24-7. Right. Um, it still happens, but I feel like with pre-booking when they leave for their from their other service or something like that you alleviate a lot of that so when you're messaging at that point you're really just dealing with a rescheduling or something like that or a question in less in the regards of like booking messages right and I will say like for me that's where online booking really Mm -hmm. comes into play I know it's different in that scope for you and I but I really push my clients to use the online booking because my book updates in real time. And, you know, instead of messaging me, I could be at work and not have a chance to look at my phone. And there could have been an opening, but I scheduled somebody in it. But if you had gone online and looked. Okay. Some slight technical difficulties. (laughs) Right. But like I was saying, like if you had gone online and looked, you could have probably seen that opening and caught it before I did. So, I mean, I just had to send out another reminder email because I was getting a little lax with the online booking, Mm -hmm. which was totally me, which we could then segue into our policies. Yes. (laughs) Which is a good way. Yeah. But, um... You know, and that's not like my client's fault or Mm -hmm. my fault. It's probably a combination of the two because they got used to me like pre-booking them at their appointment. So it was like, well, I'll just text her and ask her. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So I just had to send like a, you know, like a really nice email. Like, hey, please remember if you have changes, you know, go online and look. What you're seeing is exactly what I'm going to see. So, well, and I think you're a really great example of if you're going to do online booking, it doesn't mean you're hands off. So, right. It, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, okay, for me, like, I genuinely cannot do online booking. The way my schedule runs was seeing like potentially three people, you know, right. at a time. It's where crazy. It just wouldn't work. I feel like if any client went online and looked at my schedule, they would just have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, 
for you, you with it working the reason it works is because you don't just think of it like oh online booking you guys handle it you're organized from start to finish with it you're communicating with your clients you're overseeing your calendar you're right. making sure there's no overlap you're making sure each of your clients has enough time with what they're booking right uh, I mean even if you have a client who's consistently nail art and then they book like a basic gel manicure, then you're going to be like, okay, is that, is that right? Like, do, is that what they want? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and even with sending out those emails to remind, like you're not just letting them run your book. You're still running your book. You're just giving them the ability to book for themselves, which makes it easier and a little bit of a faster transaction on their end where they're not having to wait for you to respond to a text. Right. And I know that there are some like nail artists out there that I see that, you know, they exclusively book online. Like they're constantly posting their link and things mm -hmm. of that nature. And I think that that's like great for the purposes that they use it. Like, I'm just going to be very transparent. I am too type a to fully do that. Yeah. Um, you know, if I have openings and I want to put a new client in because while I can't always fit in new clients, mm -hmm. um, I don't, you know, dissuade anyone from booking. Like if I can, I will take them, but always my current clients get priority. Um, you know, I will go in and I will book that new client for the first time and then, you know, they pay a deposit, whatever. So, I mean, I wish I could just kind of be like, here's my link all well, over I, Instagram. But that like that tweaks my type A personality a little too much. I don't know if like I for from even my book personally or thinking about it from like your perspective. Um, I don't know if I would totally love that because I think that like for us, we really value like that personal connection that we mm -hmm. have with our clients. And I, I, to be clear again, it's not that I'm bashing like, <laughs> oh, you have to do it our way. But I think like with valuing that personal connection, I feel like to cut it down to just online booking, maybe cuts out a little bit of that right if it, that makes sense not that there it right. means it's wrong no to be clear, but it's like, just not for me right like I to do a hundred percent like yeah and also like again my type a would never yeah like i'm just being a hundred percent clear yeah like, my, and, but like in the beginning of like booking when you still have like more open um options like even in the hair side of things I don't think it's necessarily bad to offer the option to do yeah. online booking um but I would definitely from the hair side of things not recommend online booking for like a first-time client right um if that is something that you prefer over booking you know your clients yourself and you want to open up that possibility I just think that it's very important to have a very clear cut communication with your client of exactly what they get done mm -hmm. what they need to be booking because I can see where like somebody on from my perspective, um, there's so many different services within the hair world, right? Mm -hmm. You could have color all over. You could have color retouch. You could have a partial highlight. You could have a full highlight. You could have foilage. You could have balayage. Right. Um, and so for a client, that's a lot and they don't always know. So I, I think that it really comes down to how well are you educating your client in your chair? Mm -hmm. So again, 
this goes back to what we just said before with how you run your online booking. Right. Online booking does not mean that you are hands off. Online booking just means that's your preference with how your schedule runs. So if you want to have that online booking, it's just so imperative to tell your client exactly what they get done, how to navigate booking what they get done, and then you won't have those hiccups or issues. Because I think a lot of times... When we hear from clients' perspectives what deters them or maybe their complaint would be with that, it's not that the online booking is not convenient, but it's rather that they're overwhelmed and not knowing how to navigate it when it comes to services they don't really understand, like how to book for themselves, if that makes sense. Oh, Um, well, and especially for hair, I have no idea what you do to my hair. I just sit in the chair and we chat and whatever. Um... But I think, like, definitely, like, with nails, I think it's much more straightforward. Straightforward. For sure. Especially when your services are limited, like Mm -hmm. mine are. Like, I only work on natural nails. I'm only doing structure gel overlays with some sort of art. Like, yeah, like it's pretty straightforward. With hair, it would get pretty difficult because, like, okay, like... like I, when you talk to a, a person about getting their hair done, they're like, oh yeah, I got to get my color done. So a color could mean like 80,000 things from start right. to finish. So they book for color all over. Well, now they come in and they're a full head of highlights. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or they book for root retouch because they see their highlights the roots right. need to be done. So technically, oh, a root retouch. But like, okay, my root retouch is 30 minutes in comparison to like a highlight root retouch is an hour and 15 to an hour right. and a half for foil placement. So I could totally see without knowing, like, because I do hair, I know. But if I don't know, I'm going to be like, root retouch. Yep. And then it's like, you see the comparison of timing, it's probably going to say like, oh, you can get in for a root retouch in two weeks, but for a full foil, you got to wait eight. So I'm like, uh, I just need my roots done. Exactly. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) But, and it's not anybody's fault, like in that moment. So you just don't know. Yes. So I think that's the biggest thing that I would say, if you are going to do the online booking, it's just about knowing that. Um, Yeah. And I always like, would still say and recommend that that first time interaction um, should be more personalized in the sense that you really do need to consult, even if Mm -hmm. it's via, you know, text or DM before you can put them in your book and have them set up for success too. Because there's no worse feeling for the client or for you then and I've been in this position before then it you being under the impression that they are in need of one thing and they come in and they need a lot more and you just don't have the timing to get it all done oh yeah a hundred percent I've been in that position too yeah so um but like as far as like policies Mm -hmm. to you know to kind of piggyback off of that because we've kind of touched on how we suggest to get your clients to follow the recommended time. Yes. Um, even if you're doing online booking, like having them leave and then making sure that they book that appointment, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then policies like also to protect you. Yes. You know, I mean, we always see everyone in updating like their Instagram highlights with their policies and stuff like that. But especially if you're using online booking or any sort of, you know, scheduling app, like you should definitely have 
policies there as well. 100%. Like, um, when they book. Well, and also, too, like, I, you're checking yes, right? When I know with, like, your, um, your website where you can do your online mm-hmm. booking, like, they agree to your policies, meaning... Oh, yes. I have it set up that they have to physically <laughs> right. check the box and agree right. to those terms. Mm-hmm. And um, so with agreeing, they've agreed to all of those policies, meaning if they no-show, if they're late, you have that very clean, organized version right in front of them to check yes to. Um, this is something that I talk to all of you know the girls about that are building in that maybe we'll have like a website or just booking info on their Instagram. Mm -hmm. It doesn't end there when you have a new client. You need to reiterate all of said policies um, or just have like a policies like screenshot sheet. Let's say you're communicating via DM or you're communicating via, you know, text message. Have like a very clean cut like policy Canva that you can send over when you're booking them and be like, you know, great. I just wanted to go ahead and let you know like of my policies. That way you're aware of how I function. And that way there's no like gray area because I do personally feel like when there isn't online booking involved and I see it happen a lot. Um the first time that you have to invoke said policies and they don't know. And I am going to air quote no, mm-hmm. because um, every service provider has policies now. It's right. It's it, it's no surprise, but um, it allows them the the great of uh, the grace of using that as an excuse, because if you never talk to them about it, you can't come in at the end um, and try to be like, OK, well, you know, you were 20 minutes late. This requires a charge or whatever it is when you never really had that conversation to begin with. Right. So if you don't do the website, I definitely recommend having some sort of screenshot or having something pre-saved in your notes or something with. Or even just like if you're booking somebody through Instagram and you have that Instagram like highlight reel Mm -hmm. showing all of your policies, you know, directing them like, please make sure you read over all of the detailed policies and my highlights, Um, you know, especially like the cancellation slash no show fee or, you know, Mm -hmm. late policy, whatever it may be. Um, That way there's no surprises because inevitably someone's going to be late. Someone's going to try to cancel last minute or you might have a no show. Like I had two no shows in the past two weeks. Yeah. So having those policies in place, like it was like same day, like literally if they no show you, I don't know how else to explain that. But, you know, after 15 minutes for me, I consider that a no show if I haven't heard from you. And I collected fees for both of those. And you know, it was no questions asked. But there's also that understanding. And I definitely see it like with your clients and even like our shared clients, like Mm -hmm. the boundary is very clear. It's very set and it's respected. So I think like one of our biggest fears with invoking our policies is we're very scared that we're going to have backlash. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest deterrents in our industry from actually following through on said policies. So I think that it's a very great example is when you have come organized and you present it properly, um, there's just no more gray area. And and not only that, but if you do have to 
collect, like, let's say a client no shows you Mm -hmm. and it's the only appointment that they've had in their books and you're like, for example, my no show fee is a hundred percent of the service because Mm -hmm. Well, now you're sitting there. Right. Now I'm sitting there. You didn't even have the decency to cancel or even phone me. Like I showed up to work. I should still get paid. Um, Inevitably, you know, there's always a risk of a chargeback from the credit card company. Like Mm -hmm. your that client could go then and call their credit card company or bank and like dispute the charge saying that they never received the service. But if you have them acknowledging your policies and your cancellation fees and your no-show, you know, policies and or if you had a waiver typed up and Mm -hmm. you can show essentially receipts where you explained these things, chances are you're probably going to win that chargeback as well with a credit card company. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and I think that that almost, like, goes back a little bit to what we were talking about with, like, the online booking. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of an extra added layer of protection with invoking your policies when they're written right in front of them. And they're checking yes to, like, allow all. Like, we do it with everything. It's like, please track me. Yes, accept cookies. Does anyone ever really read the terms and services of Apple when they do that information? <laughs> so um I do definitely think at that point that's why it's so important to have some version of a paper trail. I think that um maybe you could agree with this too. You still you take new clients, but mm-hmm. it's where you have those spots right. in your book still. Because we have like longer standing relationships with our clients, I feel like policies change a little bit, not in the sense that they don't exist and they're not present, but um, I, how do I describe this? Like nine times out of 10, when somebody knows shows like we're concerned first right. and angry second, yes. like, because there's a level of. Uh, of like a personal connection there where we're like okay well she never no shows so what's going on in their lives right um, like like my accountant whose nails right. I do she was unable like she didn't show up for her appointment this past Friday right. and like I think you and Julian walked over and you're like why are you just sitting here I'm like because she's not here like and, this is so weird and yeah. even you and Juju were like is she okay? They're like, <laughs> where she's never late. Yeah, like we. <laughs> yes. So, and then you know, long story sh- short, she had had a surgery, and you know, was like probably on some really good pain medication when she accidentally confirmed the appointment, <laughs> but she shouldn't have confirmed the appointment. She did not confirm. Right. So yeah. you know, there's always that, and it's like okay, like. There are extenuating circumstances. Yes. And I'm also not going to charge my accountant a no-show fee because she does my <laughs> books. <laughs> I've never been audited by the IRS, and that is priceless. But that's, I feel like, where you can be a little bit flexible right. in those moments. I think you and I can agree that, like, even with working together for now three years in the same space and five years in total since yeah. like reconnecting at in the, the suites. suites. Yeah. Um, oh my our, God, it's been five years. No, it's been a long time. That's wild. Um, Sorry. <laughs> right. But I feel like even we have evolved with our policies. Yes. Like 
there has been a lot of times of stress and even anger and frustration where it's like, have a backbone to each other, Mm -hmm. invoke your policies. And I feel like we can both sit here and calmly talk about it now where it doesn't invoke maybe anxiety for us anymore or a level of uncomfortableness because we kind of rode out through that season. Like, it's really hard to stay consistent. It's really difficult to, you know, and like set those policies and follow them because a lot of times the people who are going to push your policies make you feel crazy. They sometimes are like the gaslighters of the industry. Yes. So like I, and I think we've talked about this, when it comes to like, get out of jail free card. We always talk to like the girls when they're setting their policies about this. Melissa and I are on the same page. We usually offer our clients one get out of jail free card. So that means like a last minute cancellation or something like that um, where something may happen and you cancel last minute and canceling last minute and no showing are two different things by the way but canceling last minute and we give you the kind of the spiel like okay like listen we know this never comes up with you it's no big deal we'll go ahead and cancel i'll waive the late uh, the late cancellation fee this is where it's important to use your words wisely this is what we mean Uh, We'll waive the late cancellation fee for today, considering this is the first time we've ever run into this. In the future, just so you know, if you cancel within 48 hours or whatever your cancellation policy is, I do require a fee of such and such, Right. right? So with the example of my repeat offenders, which I don't, to be honest, because I was consistent for for when that timing that I needed to be, mm-hmm. I don't have any repeat offenders anymore, to be honest. Like I, I've sorted them out in the sense that it doesn't consistently exist in my book like it, mm-hmm. it used to, maybe on a higher volume. But um, I will tell you for me personally, having those text messages with those people was so important because they'll be like, what? That never, we never talked about that. Like if you verbally talk to them, I don't know if you like, Oh yeah. I always put it in writing. Yes. Because those people will be like, no, you never told me that. And then you start going back in your brain and you're like, wait, did I never talk to them about this? Did I never address this with them? Like maybe I didn't, maybe I made it all up in my head because to be honest, when you're an honest person and somebody yeah. kind of is like, no, you're like, oh, maybe I didn't because why would they lie? I'll tell you what. The people who are going to push your policies and break your policies are going to lie yep. because that's just the reason they're breaking your policies and not respecting them, to be honest. There's a difference between having an emergency and it happening once and somebody who's habitually not respecting your time. Oh, 100%. Um, And so the great thing is, is the times that I've ran into it, and I can reference even if you wanted every single one, not that we're really going to, via text, that next time would come where they would cancel last minute again, you know, and then you'd say, okay, great. I I completely understand. Not a problem. However, um, there is a late cancellation fee that you're going to have to pay today considering the fact that we did give you that warning the last time um now this is the next thing in the policy situation where i guess we can talk about that ties back into pre-booking what do you do when you invoke a policy and they have another standing appointment with you or another pre-booked appointment with you but they're not paying 
for maybe the late cancellation fee or whatever. Oh, I can tell you. Yeah. Pick me. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I have a good way of like navigating it too. So I think yeah. that's a good way to kind of, a good thing to segue into. So if someone no-shows me right. and they don't want to pay their, you know, I have that feeling that, you know, they have another appointment. They don't want to, they might not want to pay their fee. I pretty much say exactly what you say, you know, unfortunately I have to charge you X amount due to you're not showing up today, you know, and then I just tell them like, I'm going to charge the card on file unless there's another form of payment you'd like to be made. Um, this does need to be paid by the end of my business day in order to keep your future appointments. Yes. So we kind of are on pretty much the same yeah. page. Like, I mean, Melissa is the queen of boundaries. So she ends with the, <laughs> at the end of my business day, my I, business day. Yes. And she's always like, do it. Back when I would like hit that problem all the time. And I'm like, my business day sounds so mean. However, I would say the same wording and I would explain like, you know, we did discuss this last time. Unfortunately, I hate to be in this situation. I feel like I may be like a little more skirt around it. I use a few more like, oh my God, I'm so sorry words <laughs> where um, I don't think you need to do that. Speaking candidly, I'm doing that just for my own anxieties. That's right. not something that's coming from a business advice to tell you to do that. I think the more straightforward you are, the less fluff there is, the less back and forth and the less grace they expect to be given by you. So mm -hmm. don't do what I do. It's pretty much what I'm saying <laughs> here. Um, but usually I will be like, you know, I never feel good to have to actually invoke this. And I hate to be in this position, as I assume you probably don't want to be in this position either. Something like that. Right. Um, but unfortunately, considering the fact that I did give you that, you know, waiving of the late cancellation fee that last time. This time I'm going to have to go ahead and charge it. If I do not receive payment, I unfortunately will not be able to honor your next pre-booked appointments. And nine times out of 10, if they're a repeat offender and you've been super overly nice and letting them get away with it, um, which I could definitely relate to, um, <laughs> what will happen is they will probably ghost you. Yep. You will never hear from them again. They will not answer said message and you give them 24 hours and then you cancel their appointments. Yeah. And let them get the cancellation notification. Oh, so they yeah. Know. I always make sure to send mm -hmm. the cancellation notification. Yeah, That's and probably my most favorite way of being passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> and you've given them that opportunity. Speaking candidly, there is also the possibility. Um, and just to be playing devil's advocate here that with pre-booking, because you pre-book in advance, they might be trying to break up with you and trying to tell you in a non-conflictual uh, way themselves and they just don't want to break up with you genuinely or say they want to cancel until yeah. they get that text reminder. So you may be doing them a favor too. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some situations where I felt like I was like losing my mind where I was like, no, we've definitely talked about this before and we've definitely covered this before. Um, you know, I had one situation where it was like a habitual offender and they were such a kind person and so I let them get away with it for so long. Yeah, that's the hardest. And, um, and so, a, a really sweet person. But the my breaking point was the final time um, 
because I think we've gotten I've gotten hot and bothered about this before but we you know how I feel about text reminders (laughs) (laughs) oh god here we go so um you know I the last visit was like booking the appointment and was like you got the text reminder correct like across from said person and they were like yes and showed me the text reminder okay so here's my thing at that point right you got it you got the booking reminder that's not the two days before your appointment but that's the booking reminder the moment i know that went through that means you know you had an appointment okay Mm -hmm. so that means no matter if something happens in you and i'm gonna air quote because it's time for air quotes didn't get the text reminder before your appointment (laughs) Um, you already got the one that confirmed that you booked it so from that point on it's your problem to remember it doesn't mean sorry i don't want to say it's your problem and sound so it's their responsibility responsibility not your problem it's now your responsibility to add into your calendar it doesn't mean that i shouldn't offer the convenience of a text reminder but You've committed to an appointment. The moment you got that text that said, you have an appointment at Platinum Pin at such and such date, add it to your calendar. Because just in case something happens between your provider or your phone and my text reminders on my side, you now know you have an appointment yeah. in the book. And that interaction happened and that person for about the eighth time tried to pull, not the eighth time, it was like yeah. the third time, tried to pull the same thing again. And at that point, because I had had that interaction in person with them, it was incredibly uncomfortable. I hated to have to do it, but it had gotten so out of hand. Mm -hmm. Like I was not keeping any of their appointments. They were not coming in for their scheduled appointment. They were no showing me. And then I was having to reschedule. And I think I was on my third round, even though I say I get one get out of jail free card. right? Right. So at that time as uncomfortable as it was because I had that face-to-face interaction, plus I had the text receipts reminding them. I said, listen, unfortunately, even if you didn't get that reminder, I did confirm with you that you got the booking reminder when we first set that appointment. Unfortunately, I can no longer continue to not follow my policies, and in order to honor your next appointment, a no-show fee will be required for today. And that was the end of that client relationship. Yeah. And it, you know, it sucks when that happens and it's scary when that happens. Cause let me tell you the two times that I got no showed in the past two weeks, like I won't lie. My butthole clenched up a little Mm -hmm. bit when I had to send those text messages and it's like, okay. Yeah. Where you're like, fuck. Yeah. And it's uncomfy, but you know, it happens and it's going to continue to happen. Mm -hmm. Also my big, like, I shouldn't say my big thing, like probably where I struggle the most is tardiness. Like even Mm -hmm. though I have like a late policy and things like that, that's really where I struggle forgiving. And I, I know that I shouldn't be, um, but I am, I don't know. I, you know, 2023 goals, (laughs) but it's, you know, if I can still get it done, you know, I, I always try to, um, you know, maybe they're 10 minutes late and that was the time that they had set aside for art. And it's like, well, the, I can still do a base service. I'd rather do that than possibly like ruin the relationship. And, right. you know, like, so that's kind of my thinking, but I think that's up to, 
the person. I think the it, person. And if you have somebody who is habitually late, late, you know, I, I have had that and they were, you know, constantly cutting into their art time and they were like, well, why can't I ever get art? And it's like, well, cause you're always 10 to 15 minutes late. And I, I think right. that's one of the most difficult things to honor. So I, struggle with that too I think that's one of my hardest things that I I can admit that I probably don't stay perfect on yeah and it's that one for sure sometimes I run late um yeah so because I run late then I have this like mental gaslighting thing in my brain where I'm like well how are you gonna ever make somebody else follow a policy that you can't follow like I will like gaslight myself into feeling like the worst <laughs> human ever so um it is difficult. So, but what I'd always try to do, which goes back to like what you were saying with not wanting to like ruin the client relationship. I think there's a huge difference between somebody who is running late and understands that that tardiness leads to a difference in their service and somebody who's running late, but expecting the same service. Yes. There's so a big difference. I think that that's something that's really important when it comes to following your policies and also navigating your client relationships. If I have somebody who's coming in, who's set to be, I don't know, maybe a balayage or a foilage and they're late, Nine times out of 10, I'm getting a courtesy text because it has something to do with traffic or they're running behind because of X, Y, and Z, right? Yep. So at that point, if we're cutting into like, because really technically it's like 15 minutes, like after that, like I can't, but okay, I have an hour balayage appointment, right? They're 15 minutes late. Now we're starting to infringe on 20. I think most people would be like, that's it. Cancel their appointment. If they're on their way and they've hit a genuine issue, what I will say to them is drive safe. When you get here, we'll figure out what we can do with the time left. So I think you have to weigh out, is this client relationship something you want to keep or is this client relationship something you really want to teach them your boundaries and set those with them, right? I think it's also based off of a case-by-case situation. If you have a personal connection with this person, you know that's not within the way that they usually operate, and it's a one-time thing where they've hit some sort of snag, but Mm -hmm. they come in and you're like, listen, I can't get it all done now, but we can either do this and do the rest of your services, you know, at another pre-booked time, or... I can do a partial if you're okay with doing a partial and next time we'll do a full again. And they're completely receptive to that idea. Right. I do personally feel like grace should be allowed. I also sit from a very different perspective though, in the sense that I have multiple people there. So it's not hurting my bottom line as aggressively. So I think that it also has to do with how you book. Now, if I'm booking solo time with you and you're eating into that solo time and you're the only person I'm seeing in my chair, I can completely see where that's a different perspective than the one that I have because now my service total has changed. So now what I'm set to have done on you has changed, meaning my sales have changed. Yep. So I my sales may change on my side, but considering that I see multiple people at a time, they're not drastically changing, which allows me that gray area to maybe give a little more forgiveness. If my booking structure is different, 
and somebody is fully aware of that booking structure being different and they know that they have that solo time with me, you've paid for that solo time with me. You've chosen to come to me because you value that one-on-one service and that one-on-one experience. Then I think that we're talking about a completely different set of policies and a completely different type of gray area, which is a lot less gray and a lot more black and white. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. that, I know that's something that I definitely have to improve upon because I mean, obviously I can only see one client at a time right. and things like that. So if somebody is scheduled for art and then can only do a single color, that definitely changes my bottom line. Right. Um, so for sure. Like I have to work on that. Like that is something I know that I need to work on, but definitely having like just those policies in place will cover your ass. Um, and then I also like, if I notice that a lot of my clients are doing, you know, are running late and, or having last minute cancellations or for example, you know, we, like I said, we were slacking on online booking, I do send out reminders Mm -hmm. so that when I see that it's an issue, I just kind of send a blanket email just saying like, Hey, you know, here's this reminder. Or if, if it's in my quarterly scheduling, I'll put it in there. Like just as a reminder, I do have this policy, yada, yada, yada. So that way it's reiterating that policy to people who let's be honest. Like if you've had a client for, one, two, three, four years in your book, like they're probably not going back and looking at your policies on a regular basis. So the refresh is important. And I also think like we have, um, evolved past, like putting those passive aggressive messages. I think we've said this before on like your Instagram stories, like when you're like no showed, I've seen like three this morning scrolling. Yeah. And and it just makes me cringe. And we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all done it. Like the entire first year of me owning a suite. I've done it too. I was like, Dear Instagram, show up for your fucking appointment. So I've definitely been there, but we have gotten to a place with booking and setting policies and everything that social media, with the exception of like having your highlight that exists with said policies listed is not your place to contact your clients. No. Unless it's like about like, I mean, I can say because some people aren't like email gals and stuff like that, myself included. (laughs) It's okay to like post on your Instagram stories like, hey guys, I am starting to book up for the holidays, like things like that. But when it comes to like invoking your policies because somebody no-showed or you're seeing that there's like a big influx, I personally feel like it can edge on like a little off-putting to be like shouting that from and I'm your gonna, Instagram yes, stories. And I'm going to lump in price increases yeah, into I, that. I don't disagree I, with that. I don't like price increase stories. Yes. I don't feel that it's necessary. Like either talk yeah. to your clients or like a lot of us have like the online booking systems, or even if you don't use online booking, your booking system will capture an email, like start asking, right. Start asking for your clients emails. If it's something that you realize that you don't have. Um, I realize I 
went through my client list the other week because I need to send out another email. And I realized that I was missing three or four clients emails. I know that's my 2023 goal. Cause I like don't value emails at all. Cause I'm not an it's, email person. And I have to collect them. I'm not either, but let me tell you, it's, it's so, so convenient. it's so convenient. It's so easy. I, you know, and I just sent those people a text and I'm like, Hey, I was just updating all my client profiles. I realized I never got your email. Could you please, when you have a chance, like send it over to me. I just use this for like quarterly reminders and scheduling updates, et cetera. No, you're my life goals. I'm going to get it done. And literally it was, I received them within seconds and spoiler alert, I'm going to use it for a price increase. Well, and I also (laughs) feel like, I mean, in all times, pricing is an yes. uncomfy conversation. I think in the present time, pricing is an even more uncomfortable conversation. Um, and I just feel like if you want that level of connection with your clients where it doesn't feel like you're just badgering them over the head with money talk, yeah, having a little bit of a human, you know, connection or sending an email that feels a little more thorough and well thought out than like an Instagram story. That's like July, 2023. Right. Right. Well, and like some of the ones that I've seen are like really, I don't know. They just come across as angry. It's like effective immediately. It's like, okay. Yeah. Why? Who hurt you? Almost like the clients are a nuisance for paying less. Right. And like, I think that I, I sometimes feel that when I read them and, um, in my personal opinion, like it's not that pricing has to be a discreet conversation, but it can be a tactful conversation. Right. Like I think at certain times, that's how we leaned into social media. So it's yes. okay that we used to do that, but it's also okay to say we've evolved past that. Right. And yeah. I think, you know, it's one thing if you're updating your policies to go on your highlight reel just mm-hmm. to like kind of put a story Freshen out, that, a story that says, hey, you know, just these are my policies. I'm just updating my highlight reel, you know, feel free to look over them, blah, blah, blah. Or you don't even have to say that because spoiler alert, you can post it in your story and then literally take it down and it's still in your highlight reel. Yeah. I've done that before too. Yeah. Um, you also don't have to post your pictures for your highlight covers in your highlight reel yep. anymore. Just a PSA only because not that I care. It's not a big deal. But once I realized I was like, I feel like a goddamn fool. <laughs> so you don't have to do that either. You no. can set the cover to your highlight yes. stories without posting the screenshot of what you want the cover of your highlight. Exactly. To be. So, I mean, I think it's just another way that we're like kind of putting ourselves like taking us out of like that beauty industry Instagram mold that we were and like Mm -hmm. elevating ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And again, like we're giving our advice and I, I do personally feel like what you have to do is do what feels right for you and your clients at the end of the day too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely just personally feel that even my own anxieties when it comes to, like price increases or policies or anything like that have a lot of them have been subsided with just proper, clear communication directly with my clients rather than multiple avenues. Oh, Theo is currently trying for a makeout session. I know. Hey. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's really what it, 
everything when with policies encompasses i mean to run down my policies quickly um i have the 15 minute you know late policy i i think it's technically listed as 10 minutes to be honest um, yeah but i'll stretch it to 15 nine times out of 10 even for a root retouch because i know i can get it done in 15 minutes to be honest yeah um my no-show fee, I actually think as we were talking, I have to like go back and check because I set this like so long ago at 75% because my clients never no-show. Right. So like I never really faced it. So I was like 75%. But speaking honestly, at this point, it would be 100% for like a clear no-show with no emergency. Um, I ask for 48 hours in advance for cancellation mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess there's the unspoken policy that I don't tell my clients, but if you act a damn fool, then you're not in my book anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mine are pretty much the same. Like my no show fee is a hundred percent for sure. Um, of the scheduled service. Mm. So even if you were getting nail art, you're getting charged for it. So, um, I think my late policy is 10 or 15 minutes cancellation I think I asked for 48 hours and then I also include um a no child policy okay yeah. because and that like really well, stems this is a from far different it's different yeah. but it's it's also that stemmed from being in the suite where some clients would just always constantly bring their children and it was such a small space and it just didn't work. It didn't work. And it's kind of carried over to the salon. Like, especially during summers, clients will be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't have anyone to watch them, but I brought their iPads and they they sit there and they're an angel. But let me tell you, if you bring your kid and they act a fool and they're running around the next time you have to bring your child with you, I'm going to, that's a cancellation. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's a little difficult for sure. We say all of this like no kids at work while my fur child is literally trying to crawl <laughs> up onto <laughs> Melissa's lap onto her computer. Yes, he's, he, like, <laughs> he's like, you guys have been talking for so long uh, now. Right. And... This is really rude. By this point, I'm usually told I'm a good boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I uh, I don't have a no kids policy technically um but i feel like because most services take a little longer especially for hair the likelihood of people bringing their children that aren't getting services done have kind of just like minimized over the years um so it doesn't happen too often and when it does we're able to navigate it pretty well yeah i definitely think in the summer there's always some certain days that it does definitely turn into camp plaid and pin studio but yeah we also understand because we get it like we want to support moms as much as we can right um but also too it's a little bit different for you because you're talking about they their hands need to be directly in front of you exactly Um, so yeah so that's a little bit of a different thing. Yeah. But I feel like we've covered it. Like, I mean, yeah. So what we're really saying is follow your policies and pre-book your clients, if you're asking me and <laughs> Melissa's opinion. <laughs> Pretty much. That's the brief synopsis of today. <laughs> we could have just said that, and this had been a five-minute episode. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for listening if you're still here. <laughs> But it's always good. Whatever. Right. Exactly. I love our tangents. (laughs) Yes. 
So as always, you can find us on Instagram at the Beauty Beast Podcast. Or you can email us over at Gmail at the Beauty Beast Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time.